1: What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Derek Larger, Cody Felger joining me as always. Guys, we're back creating this video once again. We do this practically every year uh, since the 2020 offseason, where we talk about how the Colts have rebuilt their team to be back in the championship contender argument. And I feel, honestly, that the Colts have done enough over this offseason to actually be able to say that and you know it's kind of funny Cody because we can joke about this now I mean you would have asked Colts Nation five days into free agency you would have heard them say this is crap Ballard is setting this team up for failure and now we're two months into this offseason and now I think we you and I both can confidently say that this team can contend as it's built right now with just about any team out there right now
2: To be fair, we also were the people that were kind of saying some of that and feeling some of that, so we'll (laughs) take the L. We'll move forward. Obviously, they have to still play some games, but, yeah, not just to say, oh, it's just all the other Colts fans. You know, we were in that as well, so we just (laughs) want to say that. But, but yeah, uh, like you said, I mean, the Colts right now, uh, I look at this team top to bottom, and, I mean, is it crazy to say this is the most talent this team has had since the Manning era? Like, honestly, I know that might be crazy for some people to say, but, like, I think it is. I mean, you look everywhere on this team. Where's the major weakness? I don't necessarily see one. I see a lot of young guys, some unproven, some certainly some questions out there regarding injuries and things like that from but from strictly a talent standpoint. I think one to one to fifty three in the practice squad guys, this team is as good as it as they come in terms of just overall talent. So, yeah, I think Chris Baller, credit to him, him, Frank Reich, all Jim Mercsey, everybody involved, all the scouts and everybody. I think They did a great job this offseason of not panicking, even though a lot of fans were and a lot of people were, even some of the media were as well. Um, but Chris Ballard and and Frank Reich, they knew what they wanted to do, they knew what they had to do, they knew the positions they had to improve, and you know, they also knew some guys that they had to let walk as well, um, which we'll talk about. And I kind of figured, Derek, kind of how we can do it. I know we kind of already did a video where we kind of recapped, you know, the offseason and stuff, but I figure it's good to kind of look at. All the ways that the Colts address their positions of need um, some got by, you know, obviously letting some guys walk, uh, trading for some guys, trading some guys away, signing some guys, drafting some guys. So I figured we could just start there and talk about each and every guy that they added in each and every piece. But before we do that, Derek, I think we can kind of talk about after this 2021 season. It was very promising for a long time. Obviously, it started off slow. The Colts got pretty hot in the middle of the season. Everybody was saying, this is the team that nobody wants to see. Well, it turns out nobody got to see them because Colts went on a collapse the last two weeks of epic proportions. I mean... Talk about single season collapses. I think the Colts could make an argument for one of the top teams because you know I don't remember how much it was. It was like ninety plus percent chance before that Raiders game that the Colts are going to make the playoffs. It was right?
1: a, I think it was a ninety seven percent chance at that point.
2: Yeah, it was like high nineties, mm-hmm. like. Like, everybody's like, no doubt. the Colts yeah, are gonna Cause, make it. cause I mean, you
1: had to face the Jaguars the last week. Everyone's right. like, Oh, you lose the Raiders. Oh, so why? Okay. You, you beat the Jags. Yeah. You're in.
2: I mean, yeah. It- I mean, heck <laughs> you just beat the Arizona Cardinals who at one point were considered the best team in football with half your roster. So a lot of people were like, yeah, I mean, the Colts are obviously going to win at least one of those two games. That's not both of those games. Didn't happen. <laughs> the Colts lost both games and so bad in that Jacksonville game that, Jim Ursay. I mean, Jim Ursay, we love Jim Ursay. You know, he's one of the most positive people you'll ever see. He's an eternal optimist. Jim Ursay was ticked. I have never seen Jim Ursay that angry before. And he's still and not so over so it. Disgusted. He's still not over it. I yeah. mean, you can see the videos. You can still you can tell that stayed with him, right? Chris Ballard put it like this: he said, I still haven't got the poison out, right? I mean, that's what it was, man. And so it was obvious that the Colts had some work to do this offseason. They had some work to do, starting with their quarterback, right? They felt like, and it was fairly obvious. I mean, it's been very well documented. The Colts were not fans of Carson Wentz at the end of the season. I mean, they were going to, at one point, you know, they were going to cut him if they couldn't find a trade partner. Like, it was that. They were so bound and determined to get rid of Carson Wentz. They did not believe in him as the leader. And when you don't believe in your quarterback as a leader, That's a problem. So Colts, what do they do? They go and they trade Carson Wentz, right? They trade the quarter with, and keep in mind, no plan B, no no plan after that to go and get their guy. They just needed to get rid of Carson Wentz that much because of how they felt, how their locker room had not responded when it mattered, how Carson Wentz had not responded when it mattered. And from the quarterback position, Derek, that's a position that needs to lead.
1: Yeah, I mean, and going back to your point, yeah, I think from just the talent standpoint right now as it stands, I could argue since the 2009-2010 Colts team, this might be the most talented team that we have seen from top to bottom when it comes to just sheer talent on the roster. I mean, and that's amazing to say that, but I think it actually uh, bolds really well, but Yeah, when you talked about the quarterback situation, I mean, that was the one position you knew after the season that that was something that needed to be done. And right now, as it stands, since the last time Andrew Luck played with us in 2019, or actually in 2018, 2018. I can confidently sit here and say that I think Matt Ryan, at this moment in time, is actually the best quarterback we have had in the last 4 seasons coming into this. And you know, we've had Philip Rivers and you know what Philip Rivers did for the Indianapolis Colts in that one season he played for us was was a really great thing to watch. He was a a great player, great leader and you know, it was a guy that, you know, could space the ball out and didn't commit a lot of turnovers. He just had that offense, you know, being well balanced. And you know, that's it, Matt Ryan is practically the same way just with a little bit more arm strength at this point in the game you know i mean we all kind of made fun of philip rivers a little bit over that 2020 season with uh you know him just not being able to throw the football further than like 40 yards at times so you know matt ryan at this moment doesn't have that problem but you know matt ryan You know, as a guy that is going to go out, he's going to make the smart passes just like Phillip Rivers used to. He's going to space it out like Phillip Rivers used to. He's going to hit the tight ends like Phillip Rivers used to. You know, doing all of these things to get certain players involved that we just didn't do when Carson Wentz was the quarterback because whether it be Jonathan Taylor was being explosive and Frank Wright got away from it, or that Carson Wentz was incapable of understanding who the right pass was to, I feel like that is going to not be as much of an issue with Matt Ryan going forward. And as we you said before, being a leader, holding guys accountable, that's the problem we have here is the fact that with Carson Wentz, it was not good, right? I mean, he was a great teammate to everybody, but he was not the quote-unquote leader that this team needed to be able to push through a rough stretch like what we saw at certain points last season especially at the end of the season when covid was kicking this team's ass and you know and everybody was dealing with stuff and you know we needed somebody to step up and say i'm going to be the guy i'm going to take over again we're going to make sure that we're going to finish this season this regular season with a win to go into the playoffs And Carson Wentz couldn't do that. And now you have a guy, in Matt Ryan, amongst other people that we're going to talk about. And you see Matt Ryan as a guy who's been in the league for 14 years. A guy that has demanded respect at the highest level has been to the highest level of the stage when it comes to Super Bowls and things of that nature. So... It's important. It was the most important thing for the Colts to get right of this whole off season was to get the quarterback that was going to make sure this offense, and especially this passing offense, because we know Jonathan Taylor this next season. If he stays healthy, he's going to have over a thousand yards rushing. He's going to be a dominant force. He's going to get over a dozen touchdowns. You know, we just know that's going to happen because the Colts are very run centric, but. What happened was at the end of the season, you lost the ability to pass the football from a multitude of different reasons. Matt Ryan now gives you an an ability to not feel like you're going to disappear with that, and I have seen, I've I've seen it, I've seen it all, Cody, and I've seen people say oh, look at these three games from last season when Matt Ryan threw like three interceptions and had like 180 yards uh, against this one team uh, this one week or something like that. Like, okay, congrats. Like he didn't, he, this is not, that Falcons team was not this Colts team. So, I mean, again, circumstance matters. Circumstances is what makes you understand what is true and what is not true. And what is true is that Matt Ryan gives this offense, which by the way, was the ninth ranked offense at the end of the year, now gives it an even higher leg up.
2: I think a word that comes to mind to me is stability, right? Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan provides stability. He's not volatile. He's not the type of Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan's not going to be throwing it with his left hand, you know, when it matters in overtime, right? there's no reason to believe that he's going to do that. He's never shown Carson Wentz when it came, when it mattered, he had some moments like the Cardinals game, like the Baltimore game. You're like, okay, wow. You know, he's actually shown some things, but when it came down to when it really mattered, when you needed him to make a play or make a couple plays in the last two weeks, he faltered down the stretch. Right. And, and and it almost seemed like when you heard about things like lack of taking hard coaching, right. And things like that. I mean, Put yourself in the shoes of the other players in that locker room. If your quarterback's just not willing to make changes and learn and grow and accept that coaching, I mean, what's that going to say to you, right? It's like, well, if that guy's not going to do it, then I don't have to do it, right? And it just, it creates that friction amongst the locker room, right? And I think maybe that was starting, there was a little bit of tension. Like there were some guys that were pro Carson Wentz or some people who were like, I don't know if I feel like he's our guy, you know, moving forward. And so you know when there's division in the in the locker room when there's guys that don't fully 100% believe that your quarterback is your guy that's an issue right and you have to make a change and when certainly when your owner doesn't believe that your guy that that your quarterback is the guy you need to make a change so um all that to say the Colts got a quarterback in Matt Ryan who at least for 2 years you feel pretty good about it it you know puts you in a good spot and you know you think about the compensation that you acquired you know from the Carson Wentz trade first off Washington takes on, which I think is absolutely crazy still, take on his entire contract. Also, they give you a third round pick, uh, then they give you a third round pick next year, and you get a better second round pick, which you ended up trading back and you're getting another third round pick. You know, and also you think about, okay, what you what it took to get Matt Ryan, you traded away your original third round pick, which was further back than the third round pick you acquired from Carson Wentz. So all in all, you gained draft capital and also got the better quarterback which I think is just crazy to me. And he's not going to cost nearly as much as Carson Wentz did last year for this team. And it allowed you to do things like, you know, go and sign a Stephon Gilmore. Go sign some bigger name guys as well um, that maybe you wouldn't have been able to do if you had a Carson Wentz on your roster still. So all that to say, um, it gives you a little bit of time, a little more stability at the quarterback position. And Reggie Wayne, I mean, people will say this is crazy whatever, but Reggie Wayne, the man who played with Peyton Manning himself, was comparing Matt Ryan to Peyton Manning.
1: Now, and I want to reemphasize that point because, again, people are freaking out. They're like, oh my God, how can you even say that? Like, Matt Ryan to Peyton Manning. Like, he's not saying when you're talking about their accolades, he's saying how he handles himself, how he deals with the pressure, how he deals with his play on the field, and how he is off the field. Is very, very similar to how Peyton was with Reggie Wayne. So again, ain't nobody trying to say that Matt Ryan is Peyton Manning. We're saying from a leadership standpoint and how he conducts himself, Peyton Manning and Matt Ryan are very similar, which makes sense because Matt Ryan got a lot of advice from Peyton Manning back in his glory days in Atlanta. So I mean, you know, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh it it wouldn't surprise me at all. And you brought up Reggie Wayne and And I think it's a good segue to talk about just some of the coaches that the Colts have hired as well. You know, I mean, do we talk about the rest of the offense, you know, not a whole lot has changed outside of Matt Ryan. You know, they added a weapon here or there, but you know, not a whole lot has changed. It's just a bunch of young guys at this point. But what you're thinking of is, you know, Ballard insinuated that it's not enough just for these young players to be mature. They needed to get guys in this locker room and in this building that understand what it takes to get to the next level cuz that's what this team is searching for it's looking to get to that next level and what better than to get a bunch of guys who are coaches that have played for your organization that have been to that stage Reggie Wayne coach June uh coach Mitchell you know these kinds of guys that it's something that can't be understated That what these players now are going to be able to learn, not just from a uh, X's and O's standpoint, but from a leadership and a a mental understanding state, I think that move is going to go extremely unnoticed until this team actually makes the playoffs and actually looks like they are fully locked in.
2: Yep. I mean, it's huge to get guys who you can relate to. I mean, Mike Mitchell, you mentioned him, like, you know, former player only a couple of years ago in Indianapolis, right? 2018, I believe it was when he came in and he had a huge impact just as a player. So to bring in guys like that to get it, you know, and, and you put yourself in like the player's shoes again, like who would you rather listen to a guy that, you know, has never played it down in the NFL, or at least in the last 20 years, which you respect those guys, but like, I think I would be, you know, more inclined to listen to the guy that, that's recently he's done it, right?
1: Yeah, some outdated information kind of sort of thing.
2: Right, but like a guy that's like, okay, like, I mean, he was a baller, man. He gets what it looks like. He, you know, like Reggie Wayne, a Hall of Fame type of guy, right? And so, I mean, it's just like a privilege to learn under him, right? And and Mike Mitchell, really good player for a long time. Cato June, you know, all pro linebacker for a number of years with Indianapolis and Super Bowl champion as well. Um, so like those things matter, those things are a big deal. So yeah, I think that's going to be huge for this team. Just, just getting some guys that are teachers too. like, you know, just even broadly outside of the players, like, you know, get, you just kind of notice the trend on defense, especially with what, how the Colts did. Obviously they lost their entire staff when he took the job in Chicago, but what they do, they went and got a proven guy in Gus Bradley. They got, you know, a lot of guys like Ron Miles, Richard Smith, um, you know, bunches, a bunch of different guys there that have done it for 20 30 years in the league they got these teachers right these guys that um, and i think it's kind of cool they got like the older guys you know kind of the veteran coaches in the league and they infused it with these young guys that have never really been coaches before but were former players and i think that's a nice balance for this team right to get the guys that you know know the game in and out as a player and the guys who know the fundamentals that have done it for years that have coached a lot of good players you know, in their 10 years. I think it's going to be a good match um, just to get that combination of youth um, and also experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's cool to have a guy that understands the X and O's while also having a mentor and understanding that they know everything you're dealing with. Any single person that comes into this Colts organization that is going to be a, a secondary guy, a linebacker, or a wide receiver, those kinds of guys, they are being coached by former Indianapolis Colts players. So these coaches know anything that goes on, they've been it, they've done it, they've lived it, so they understand. And so that's great to be able to have that connectivity with these young guys and being able to have that ability to connect with them. And I think that's something that they need going forward uh, into that long season, right? Because we kind of had that issue with, At the end of last season, Darius Leonard was talking about it. How guys just kind of fell off. You know, they didn't like people. Just kind of forgot that we were not as good as we as we thought we were. And you know, guys like Reggie Wayne uh, and Mike Mitchell and Cato June, they're going to remind these guys that for an entire season, like I don't give a damn how good your record is. You're going to play you're 100% until that regular season's over and then it's time to shift into the playoffs cuz that's that's the has to be the mindset from here on out. Can't can't check out in the regular season ever. No, cuz you're right. you, cuz you still have a long way to go if you want to even be considered uh in the contender conversation. And then Absolutely. when we're going to the last bit of this team and, and I think it's the one thing that Ballard had made an emphasis on to revamp everything. And it's the defense. I mean, look at what this Colts organization has done to this defense in the last two months, Cody. I mean, holy cow. Your guy, Yannick Ngakwe, traded away Rocky Yassin for a proven pass rusher in this league. And obviously, we've we've seen Yannick Ngakwe. He's getting uh, involved with the Indianapolis community already. Already been talking to a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, I know that he quote tweeted you. So that's (laughs) obviously a cool thing. Uh, I like to bring that up all the time. Uh, But yeah, you get a proven pass rusher in Yannick Ngakwe. And he's young.
2: uh, He's 27. He's young.
1: 27, yeah. And he's the only guy that has been getting consistent pass rush outside of Aaron Donald. There's not a single guy over the last five seasons that's been getting a more consistent pass rush than what Yannick Ngakwe is. So again, say what you want about him. Say he may never be the same player again that he was when he was a rookie in his second year. I don't care. Still is really good, nevertheless. And on top of it, again, what you've, what you've seen with the secondary. I mean, drafting Nick Cross, getting Rodney McLeod, going out and getting Stephon Gilmore. You know, what, the, what they have done with the secondary on top of it is just get these, one, they've gotten proven players. Right, Proven players that have been there, done that, understand what it is. Stephon Gilmore, been to a Super Bowl. Rodney McLeod, been to a Super Bowl. Those kinds of guys that demand respect, just like Matt Ryan is, they are what Matt Ryan is to the defense. They know what it is about. And then on top of it, you're drafting guys like Nick Cross, insane athlete you know, going out and shoring up this secondary to make it even better. You know, this defense, we forget, was a top 10 defense last year in a lot of ways. And especially with the takeaways. I think we finished second or third last year, if I'm not mistaken, in total takeaways. I can only imagine now with adding veterans like McCloud and with Stephon Gilmore. And if this secondary stays any healthier than what it was last year, on top of what this defensive line can do, I mean, Cody, we're talking about this defense being top five, like legit top five. And everyone knows if you got a legit defense, you can win. You can win on any given Sunday. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't care if it's the Chiefs. I don't care if it's Buffalo. I don't care about any of that. You got a top five defense, you can win games, especially when it gets down and dirty. So, I mean, I love what this defense is now. We've been hearing about, you know, Bradbury being on the market. I mean, fingers crossed that the Colts, you know, maybe make that move. Uh, but, I mean, you've got to be impressed, man, of what this Colts defense has become over this offseason. I mean, Ballard really nailed it with this one.
2: Yeah, It's deep, too. Like, this is a talented group, but it's a deep group at about every position, right? You talk about defensive line. I mean, Derek, you think about your backups at defensive end right now. I mean, if Daiwa Dangbo and Taekwon Lewis are your backups at defensive end, who both were guys that we have high hopes for, like Taekwond Lewis was a starter and probably your best defensive end last year, arguably. At one point, he's yes, be, it was.
1: In the first and half, half of the be, season, he was maybe yeah. the best defensive lineman we had I mean obviously DeForest Buckner demands all the respect because of the fact that he's so elite but when it came to a pure production standpoint Taequann Lewis was the best through the first half of the season
2: yeah so you got guys like him and Dio who you still think can be really really good for you coming off the bench I mean that is phenomenal if you have four guys that you're like I mean we don't we don't it doesn't matter right we have all four guys that we truly believe in and then, you know, you got guys like Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, who played a little bit last year in spot duty, who I thought played pretty decent yes. as well at linebacker. I don't know why. There, there's been like this weird, like, dislike for EJ Speed for whatever reason, and I don't quite understand really? it. I haven't seen um, that.
1: You'll have to let me know where you see that. It's weird. I haven't I haven't seen
2: it. It's weird. I don't really understand it. People were saying he didn't play good in that Cardinals game, but even he, he played didn't well he lead
1: the team in tackles in that game.
2: Yeah, but I don't this know. Morning um, had like
1: nine or ten tackles in that game. I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a couple of people who always seem to find a fault with our logic, and and always have to come out and remind us about certain things. You Real. Know, you know who you are. So, um, but you know, then you got Brandon. Guys like Brandon Face on. You already talked about you know the two safeties you have. I and mean, you have four legit safeties <clears throat> that you're excited about. You think can make an impact. And I will actually be intrigued to see how that battle plays out, especially at strong safety, because. I mean, Kari Willis. I think we're we all think he's probably going to start, but don't count out a Nick Cross now. Don't count him out. You know, if he's out out there absolutely balling, I don't think they would hesitate to put him out there at strong at strong safety to start Week One. Like that's crazy because, and I love Kari Willis. I have a jersey of Kari Willis. But let's be honest, Nick Cross is a better athlete. He's a better player at his full potential compared to where Kari Willis is. No disrespect to Kari, but I mean, Nick Cross is a freak. So. Uh, all that to say, this defense is talented. They got the top end talent at every single position. They have a veteran at every single position, and also they got the quality depth that, if slash win the attrition of the NFL happens, they can have guys that can step in, and it's not going to be as major of a drop off as maybe it was even last year. So, yeah, all that to say, man, this defense I think you know from where it was a couple months ago, which was still a pretty good defense. I think it even got better at some key positions that had to get better in. Absolutely. I mean, you
1: look at the grand scheme of all things. I mean, again, what the Colts needed to do, they upgraded at the places that they really needed. They needed to upgrade a quarterback. They did that. They needed to upgrade a pass rush. They did that. They needed to upgrade at left tackle. We believe that Matt Pryor and uh, Ryman and whoever else is going to be the left tackle at some point. Like Kelly, maybe. Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably is better than Fisher. From a, from a pure block, pass blocking standpoint. I mean, let's just get it. I mean, Eric Fisher was definitely a really good run blocker, but nevertheless, if you can't pass block as a left tackle, then you're not going to survive in the league for very long because the left tackle position is one of the most important.
2: Right. And then, And that's one more thing that I wanted to say as well. You're talking about the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, now your tackle depth is exponentially better than it was last offseason, last year. Uh-huh. I mean, you lucked in, you lucked into Matt Pryor, let's be honest. But now you have you have a Dennis Kelly, you have a Matt Pryor and Bernard Ryman, and obviously Braden Smith as well. So you have four quality tackles that you feel pretty solid about. Like if one of them had to step in. It wouldn't be what it was last year. It wouldn't be a Julian Davenport, a Sam Tevy, a Raven Clark, a Chad Green situation. <laughs> Sorry to bring back old wounds, but yeah, you know what I mean. I mean? Yeah, like, I
1: mean, like, no, realistically, I think there is not a single sane Colts fan that would not take uh, Ryman, Kelly, or Pryor at this moment in time uh, over uh, over Davenport. I mean, it, it's right. just that's just the truth. I mean, Davenport was trash. I would take any of those three. At, at any point during the day to take him over over Davenport.
2: Yep. Yep. For sure. And, you know, and it, it's nice to have a backup right tackle as well in Dennis Kelly, who yes. can play that position and a guy in Matt Pryor that is position flexible as well. Like he can play guard as well. He did last year. So you have versatility and you have quality depth at offensive line, which I think is huge. So all that to say, guys, we think these are the reasons why the Colts have put themselves back into the conversation at least. Four championship contender now. Obviously, it'll hinge on a couple things. We do have questions such as you know injury history, things like that. You know, how much will Matt Ryan be able to lift this team? Will it be enough? You know, obviously some questions about these young wide receivers, these young weapons for Matt Ryan, um, and some other things as well. Um, but all things considered, I think the Colts do have tremendous talent. They have a lot of talent, and it's everywhere. And they have a lot of depth. So for those reasons, I think we at least need to have the conversation for the Colts to be one of those top teams in the AFC, because I think they really have a legitimate chance, especially at the AFC South. I think they yes. have a legitimate chance it's to win that. Literally so. what
1: I was just about to say, AFC South. Yeah. It's all about winning the AFC South at this point. If the Colts can win the division for the first time in over a decade, then it's time that they do that. And if they did, then you're in the conversation. I, I love, I th- I do think it's funny. A lot of people seeming to think that the Colts are going to uh, end up being like a top three seed uh, or a top two seed even for uh, the whole conference. I don't know how that's going to work out. I mean, again, th- like we could say everything we want about this team, but at the end of the day, this team's got to go out there. They have to put it all together. Because, you know, I think it was, I think it was Zaire Franklin who said it uh, to somebody the other day, like, you know, we had accolades last year, and we we dropped the ball. I mean, we did. I mean it, it's it's good to hear one of your young captains admitting that and saying, we we did not we did not perform, and we need to do better. And I mean, honestly, it's a great humbling experience. You know, that team was on cloud nine. They forgot where they where they needed to be, and they paid the price for it. hopefully, uh, hopefully now we can see this team come out with a different attitude and a different mindset going forward into this 2022 season, but let us know, guys, what your thoughts are on the Colts potentially being in that championship contention argument after all the moves we have seen so far from this offseason and free agency in the draft. Let us know your thoughts, guys. Thank you so much for the continued support, and as always, guys, go Colts.